Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. God bless you. Again, welcome to Heritage Community Church. And if you've just joined us today, HCC, we consider to be the perfect place for imperfect people. So right now you can fill out that guest card if you like. If you're new to Heritage, you can check that out. You can always text us at text uh, new Heritage CC new to 97000 and that will get you in contact with us as well. Uh, to you who are clearly not regular church people, and we perhaps have more folks joining us now that are not regular church people perhaps than ever before. I am really, really glad that you are here. I am excited that you are joining us in this virtual platform. Today, I'll be talking a bit of shop with the church people, but I want to encourage you to really hang on to really hang on and understand what it is that I'm sharing about and talking about because I think it will have a lot to say to you who are not regularly church people about what it means to be in service on Easter. So if you stay tuned, I'm convinced you'll be intrigued enough to return next week at least for Easter. So thank you for joining us this morning. Here's the posture for Heritage Community Church during this community crisis. Heritage Community Church will step up and stand out where others are stepping back and standing down. That's our motto in the middle of this crisis. Did you know that one of our soul family members, get this, just some really good stuff this morning, one of our soul family members has personally and with their daughter sewn dozens and dozens of masks in order to be used by healthcare workers locally. Did you know that another one of our church soul family members has converted and utilized their business to produce face shields for healthcare workers? Over 200 have been produced in the last week or so and are being distributed right now and they're continuing to engage that. Did you know that our food pantry ministry served over 80 families this past Friday? That's over 300 people in our community that we engaged and 22 of those people that engaged were brand new families had never been associated with Heritage Community Church at all. And here's the great miracle, the miracle perhaps of this entire crisis. Over 200 rolls of bathroom tissue were given away this past Friday. That's right, two rolls per car they were given away. Really good stuff that's happening through your church. And here's how you can be involved. We have a desperate need within our food pantry ministry for goods. We are doing as much as we can with the county, uh, working with them. We are considered an essential operation for the county. We have letters to prove that and badges to placards to prove that. And we need your help. The county is stressed right now in the food bank for supplies and resources to agencies such as ours that are engaged in community health and well-being. We need two things related to that ministry for the community. One is money. Why do I say that? Money 
because we need to purchase an emergency refrigerator and freezer for our ministry to hold what we believe we're going to be able to secure that is perishable type foods. So those two things, that would be fantastic if you were saying, above my regular giving, I want to give a little bit to the food pantry ministry. You can do that through the online platform. It will help out greatly to have a storage space for those goods. Also, canned goods and cereal would be very helpful. So while you're going to the grocery store or having your food shipped in, I'm encouraging you to think about others. And if you can come by, drop it off on the church steps, so to speak, we will make sure we collect it and organize it and get it out on Friday. So you, church family, have a lot of opportunity to serve your community through your church that's already operating at full capacity, even though on this coronacation, so to speak. And let me say it again, I really miss my soul family. Your real-time, real space, real face presence, I really miss you. I miss Tim Pilachowski's thoughtful comments in our gathering service. I miss the always pleasant smile of Floyd House when I come to church. I miss deeply Judy Barrett's sweet encouragement, the Palmer's genuine greetings. I miss Andy Connor's tie. Yes, the standout tie every Sunday. I miss Andy Connor's tie. I miss the joy of kids, kids like Tenley and Camden Walker and Samantha and Jonathan Morrow to, to see those little kids like the Ortiz kids and, and Gabriel, Gabriel Middleton. It's just so fantastic when we see them. I miss them. So I'm going to have to like... Zoom bomb or something like that, the CK program, and get, get in contact with those kids today, perhaps. Goodness, I miss the actual presence of our soul family. Thank you for being connected virtually, even though we can't be connected physically. Let's keep it up, church. I also want to address pastorally the relevant anxiety of our time. It's real. The anxiety of our time is real. It's all around us. You can feel it everywhere. The question is not, are we in an anxious time? We are. The real danger is present. It is a genuine danger. So being in an anxious time is a reality for us. I'm anxious about the danger. Like a, like a snake that I know hides in the flower bed that I haven't quite been able to see or find, but I know is there. When I'm working in that flower bed, when I'm engaging in that flower bed, I know that I could be struck at any moment. The danger is real. That's not the question. The question is, are we being appropriately cautious? That's important, to be appropriately cautious about the things that we can control. Dealing with some allergies right now, I wore a mask all during the pre-service time that we were here today. I'm carrying around wipes with me. I'm disinfecting everything. I'm doing everything within my capacity and ability as a responsible person to remain socially distant and honor all of the health practices that are going on right now. Hand washing, social distancing, we need to control all the things that we can control. And we need to be appropriately responsible for those things. After that, it's a matter of trust. 
It really is. It's a matter of trust about the things that we can't control. And there's many of them. Do you trust God for the things you can't control? Right now, the many things that you can't control, are you in a soul state of trusting God at this time? This indeed, church, is where our assumptions have to become assertions. We've been talking about this for years. And even our assumption about our assertions have become a little bit complacent. But right now, right here in the middle of this real danger crisis, an honest-to-God crisis, now's the time more than ever in your lifetime that those assumptions about faith that you've always had have got to be converted into assertions of faith in your life. Perhaps you've always assumed the reality of the passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your... Maybe you've quoted it a thousand times. Maybe you've memorized it and said it to other people when they were feeling anxious and desperate. But now you right now are struggling because by and large that's been an assumption in your life and not an assertion. Maybe right now is that moment for you to step up and stand out as a person of faith who's done assuming and is going to begin living assertively for Jesus. Right now is when the rubber meets the road, folks, right now. This corona crisis is going to become more and more real for us personally and as a community. We've got to know that. We've got to accept that reality that it's, it's going to, perhaps is going to get a little bit worse before it starts getting better. And we right now have got to stop assuming, church, and start asserting the faith we know that is real. Our assumptions must become assertions in the presence of real danger if we want to experience the peace that passes all understanding. We've got to convert our assumptions to assertions. If the world is going to see that Christ living in us is really making a difference, then our long-time religious assumptions, like trusting in the Lord with all our heart, must become real-time relational assertions. Our long-time religious assumptions must become our real-time relational assertions right now. Now is the greatest time in recent history for God's church to be that city on a hill, to be that light in a darkness, to be that anchor in the storm. It's right now, right here. It's go time, church. It is go time. It is game time. It is time to get out of corona complacency and in to Christ-like action in your world. Last Sunday, I introduced you to the idea of invitational evangelism, inviting people to meet Jesus at this extraordinary time in evangelistic history. We have never before had an opportunity like we have right now to, to actualize, to assert the call to evangelism that the Great Commission calls us to. And that is that right now, we stop assuming that we're evangelists and we assert that we are evangelists right here, right now. 
And there's never been a better week than right now. This week, invitational evangelism will become opportunistic evangelism. So I'm inviting you to invite other people, but to recognize it's not a passive thing. It's an assertive thing. It's, it's not simply passive anymore that if we happen to run into somebody and we happen to enter into our conversation, I'm asking you to actively engage your networks of influence, which is all your social media network. I'm asking you to engage everyone on your text groups, on your social media feeds, everyone around the world, no matter where they are, that you become opportunistic in your evangelism this week. This week, like no other week in our lifetime. That's a, 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 a classic sort of complacent thing that we say often. Not in our lifetime have we ever experienced. It's become reality this week. This is the week that we opportunistically evangelize because this is the week when more people than ever will be open to accepting an invitation to come to your church on Easter. Inviting someone assertively in order to bring them to church this coming Sunday is your great opportunity this week. Let's review the passage in John 1 from last week. John chapter 1 verse 42. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. He brought him. That is an active word. It's not passive. He didn't just simply, you know, passing by, give a cursory comment to him. He actively brought Simon to meet Jesus. Verse 46, Philip said to Nathanael, come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. You don't take my word for it. You come and see for yourself. And that's what we're inviting people to do this Easter. It's as easy as that. Hey, come and see this Jesus for yourself. You can do it from your recliner with your coffee and donut and your bedhead on Sunday morning for Easter. You can check out the gospel message of Jesus Christ, perhaps for the first real time ever in their life. Last Sunday we talked about how natural and easy it is for us to invite people to meet or check out our mechanic or a new restaurant or a cool app or an interesting post on Instagram or a new TikTok or, hey, how about this hobby that I'm involved in? Look what I'm doing. You might be able to do it too. We do that all the time. But somehow, way, evangelism assertively inviting people to church and check out church, that's something we somehow avoid or, or lay off to the side. We are continually inviting people that we care about to whatever we think might benefit them. And right now, during this global pandemic, it's the easiest time ever to invite people to church. Just click share. We need t-shirts. We need banners. For the church right now, it's time to just click share. Buttons, announcements, all of the related to this reality. It's never been easier than right now to invite someone to church. Just click share. Your unchurched cyber friends and family can go to your church no matter where they live and you won't even know it. How about that? They can go to Heritage Community Church, your church, whom you may have invited them before, whom you may have told them about it before, 
But because they had to show up and sit next to you and feel all of that kind of awkward and uncomfortable pressure, now is the time, the easiest time ever, that those friends and family members can go to your church. You may never have invited people to church in your, in your social media network who live in other states or other countries. But this Easter, you can. So many Christians still have, haven't invited people to meet the most important person they've ever met. I don't understand why. There has got to be a satanic or demonic barrier that somehow always keeps us from stepping up into that world assertively. But yet all of us would say, hey man, don't be foolish, go to my mechanic, it's awesome. Uh, man, don't go to, the, don't go to that uh, restaurant anymore, you need to check out this restaurant. We'll, we'll say that all day long. But for some reason, we stop short of challenging people assertively to go to church and hear the good news. This is the greatest opportunity to expose the secret in your life of Jesus Christ than ever before. This Easter has the greatest evangelistic potential of any other Easter ever. Don't squander this unique moment in time. Invite all of your unchurched cyber friends and all of your family to church on Easter I'm not talking about your church friends. If you can filter that out, filter that out. But I'm talking about just click share with all of your unchurched family and friends. Your church friends, they've got church to go to this coming Easter. We want them to leverage their evangelistic opportunity and their social networks as well to get people to go to their church that are preaching the gospel. But for all of them in your social network that are yet to be invited by you, you need to just click share. Now, here's a good way to think about evangelism right now during this crisis. Just imagine that you've got the cure for the coronavirus in your pocket. You've got the cure. Just imagine that. I know that's fanciful, but imagine that. Just imagine that somehow, someway, you've got in your pocket the cure for corona. And in your, but, but in your time of corona quarantine... You've done nothing but Im improve your Candy Crush score and gain a few pounds. But yet you've got the cure for corona in your very own pocket. Then when all of this is over, you know, when all this is settled down and people are beginning to slowly recover from this, you reveal that if it ever happens again, don't worry, next time you've got the cure. How do you think folks would feel about that? What do you think would happen to you? If you just revealed that and it was proven, yes, you did actually have the cure in your pocket, but you did nothing about it. Those without Christ are dying eternally. Those with corona are dying. Those without Christ are dying eternally. Those with corona are dying physically. Those without Christ are dying eternally. Without the cure. Why would a Christian hate someone so much that they would keep the cure of eternal death hidden from those who are dying. Several years ago, atheist Penn Gillette of the illusionist duo Penn and Teller shared a little sermonette with Christians about proselytizing, as he called it. He said this, If you believe that there is a heaven or hell, 
or that people could be going to hell or not get eternal life and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward? How much do you have to hate somebody not to proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? So according to Penn, if you hate someone, you won't invite them to meet Jesus. But according to Jesus, if you love God and others, you will invite them. I know that that sounds heavy, and that sounds in-your-face kind of preaching, but my job along with being pastor, is to be prophet as well. To give it to you straight, I do think right now, all of those that have been preaching Christianity light are struggling to cope with this current crisis and the reality of eternal life and death. I think Christianity light preaching is not the kind of preaching we need today. And right now, right here, and next week, you won't be getting Christianity light. Now is not the time for church trying to be cool or trendy. It's time for the church to be the truth in word and in deed. Jesus said something similar to this. He said, if you love me, you will obey my teaching. That's a harsh comment. If you love me, you will obey me. In Matthew 28, Jesus taught his disciples, he said, go. This is the great commission. He said, go, make disciples. It was an activating teaching. It was not passive. It was the teaching, following his teaching of saying, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll obey me, so go. So go and tell. Go and invite. Go and preach. Go and proclaim. The good news that you know is true. Just do what you would do for anyone that you loved with anything that you think would benefit them. Introduce them to it. Expose them to it. This week, you have the opportunity to go and invite someone you care about to meet Jesus. It will never be easier than this week to invite someone to church. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. Who are you going to love enough to invite? I suggest you love everybody on your, so, on your social media network list. I, I suggest you just love them all. This is the only realistic Easter that you will be able to invite everyone you know around the world to your church. I don't know that ever before have we been in a position like this where you, you realistically have the opportunity to invite every unchurched person you know around the world to be at your church this coming Easter? Just let that sink in. Never before has there been an opportunity like this evangelistically for the church to step up and stand out by just Clicking share. 
just clicking share on the church invitation to join your church for Easter service. It's as easy as that. In Acts chapter 1, the very reason that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would fill you would be to make you witnesses for Him. Via the Spirit within you that fills you as a Christian, you are the ongoing incarnation of Jesus Christ in the world. When we learned about the secret of life from Colossians 1 a few weeks back, we learned that Jesus himself actually lives within you. Paul said, that's the secret of life, Christ in you. Christ came to earth to be a witness of the love of God for his people that he created. Through the spirit of Christ living in you, Christ is the ongoing incarnation of Jesus in this world. So be a witness. Be a witness of Jesus. Step up and stand out for Jesus. It will never be easier than this week for you to witness, to testify for Jesus. If you want to test, if you want to witness for Jesus and you say, well, I'm not sure about science and the Bible and how it all works together. Are there aliens? Are there not? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know what really matters is your story. If you want to testify and witness for Jesus this week, you don't have to tell about some scientific exploration. You don't have to explain the mysteries of the Bible. All you've got to do is tell everyone why you love and follow Jesus and then invite them to to hear the good news that you responded to when you decided to follow Jesus. Many during this crisis will likely Blame the angry God for all of this. Your witness and your testimony can exonerate and exalt Jesus as the answer for life, not the one who curses life, but the one who gives life. Be sure that your silence, if you do not act during this opportunistic time of evangelism for Jesus, this time where he calls us to go easier than ever before, if you do not respond at this time, you will condemn Jesus to that reality that perhaps he is that God who doesn't care. This week, you can invite people to the truth. It will never be easier to share Jesus with the world than this week. So my motto is, just click it. Just click it. Who loved you enough to invite you to meet Jesus? I've got a few friends of mine that I text annually on my spiritual birthday, November 17th, 1980. I text them just to let them know how much I appreciate them sharing Jesus with me. When I was going through a very dark time in my uh, teenage years, there were some guys in my neighborhood that, from my high school that would walk through my neighborhood and past a particular corner that I hung out with other hoodlums in the neighborhood. It's the only way I can really describe us at that time. But they would walk past our neighborhood, through our neighborhood, past that corner, and to a Bible study. And we all knew that they were Christians, and we would mock them and ridicule them and throw bottles at them. And uh, literally, that's really true. But they kept asking. They kept inviting. They kept sharing. And eventually, I showed up at one of those Bible studies and heard the good news for the very first time. Someone needs to be thanking you 
later on for inviting them to Easter this coming Sunday. Will you be that person that they thank? C.S. Lewis said that he had two soul lists. One list for those he prayed would follow Jesus and another second list of praises for those who have. This Easter, God is going to move people on your list. I'm believing that. My prayer is that your first list will be emptied to your second list. Do you believe that? I believe that. If you're watching today and you're not a church person, you wouldn't consider yourself that. Maybe you're not sure what you think about faith or Christianity. I know I've been kind of talking shop with church people about inviting non-church people to church. Well, this sermon might not have been for you directly this week, but I want you to know that for sure, next week's sermon will be directly for you to engage the good news, not the condemning news. Christ didn't come to condemn. He came to convey life, to commune with you, not to condemn you. He came to save you, if you will. Please return and join us for Easter next week at 10 a.m. right here in this spot virtually. Right now we're going to sing a couple songs. It's what we always do at Heritage Community Church when we finish a sermon. I've taken the last 30 minutes to share with you a message that's on my heart that I hope has stirred you in some way. And I want to take a moment right now just to give us the opportunity to reflect to respond to that message. So right now, wherever you are, maybe you want to get on your knees, maybe you want to stand up, maybe you want to just sink deeper, close your eyes, sink deeper into your chair, or just close your eyes. I want to invite you right now to enter into a time of spiritual response and just commune with God. Because He's not just right here, He's right there. He's not just with me. He's with you. So right now, would you please take this moment to engage spiritual response?